Welcome back to Silverlight TV. I'm John Papa, and today I have a special guest from the UX team at Microsoft, Susan Todd. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Very good. And we've been trying to connect for a while, uh, me, you, Karina, Arturo, and some others, yes. to try to get a UX series going on, a design series. Right. And I don't know if we've come up with the title yet. Hopefully by the time this airs in a week or two, we will get that title <laughs> up there. But basically the idea was, we start with Karina, is to come on and talk about some common mistakes and common tips that we can use to share with everybody to create great UX stories. Right. And specifically uh, relative to Windows Phone right now, mm -hmm. with helping people solve problems before they get their phone in the marketplace, or to help them just get in front of some of the issues that make their phone more successful or less successful, right? Right. So you've done a lot of work in the user experience area yes. and usability area. Yes. Why don't you explain a little bit what you do on the team, and then we'll dive into kind of what you're here to talk about. Okay, so I work directly with Karina on the phone tools, and she does the design and I do the research. So basically, I work with our end users to figure out what we should be fixing um, before we put it out there, and, um, and then she figures out what the design should be to uh, get through those problems and make sure when it comes out that it's understandable by people outside of our walls here. And, you t and by, by doing some of that research, you do focus uh, groups at the conferences, you do surveys, a lot of different mechanisms. Yeah, we have a lot of different methods. Like you said, the focus groups um, where we have lots of users, we do surveys where it's hundreds of users, all the way down to um, what I'm talking about today, which is no users whatsoever. Ooh, cool. So you can do usability <laughs> studies without users. Exactly. I like this. <laughs> I like to just skip overall usability in general, so <laughs> this would be a good lesson for me, too. Uh, so today's particular topics, you had three core things you wanted to talk about. Can we list those out real quick? Yeah, so um, like I said, we have lots of different methods that we use to, mm -hmm. you know, to test our UI and what we're trying to do. <clears throat> and two of them, like I said, don't actually use users. And so they're really quick to do, they're easy, um, they're cheap. You, know, you just need to sit down and do it. And the value just, prop in these is that it it makes everything it makes your final user experience much much better and so you could sell more apps right and make more money <laughs> <laughs> and people will give you you know five stars and they won't say your app is it's you like know, looks terrible. It's like notes for making money on Windows Phone. I like this exactly exactly. So, so the first two do that and then the last one is all about and the last one um, actually we do want to put it in front of a couple of users okay. um, to make sure that they uh, other people always find the unexpected and so you do want to have a couple of people look at your app before you put it out in of the course. marketplace. And so this is just a technique um, to help you maximize that time because you may not have you know, a lot of people or a lot of time to work with them. Great. So we're going to talk about two ways that we can do some quick common sense checks to make sure we got good usability and then yes. a way we can actually interact with the users. Exactly. All right. Great. I'm curious what's going on here. Okay. So the first one I'm going to talk about is a cognitive walkthrough. And this um, technique is really pretty simple and mm -hmm. it's for um, going through your UI or your, your task that you want your users to do. And what you're looking for here are gaps in the flow. Um, and different things where you know the user might break down and not know what to do. So it's not so much that your workflow has a problem uh, functionally, it's more right. so that when someone's looking at it, the workflow doesn't make as much sense to them. Right, and okay. one of the things to keep in mind with all of these is you know, if I'm the developer and I've made this application, I need to step out of the developer's shoes and put myself in the user's shoes. It's hard to do at times. It's very hard to do, and these methods really help because 
um, some the you ask these very specific questions and so you say will the user know what to do at this step and so I'm not thinking about it technically I'm not thinking about what I put into the design I say okay right. if I'm the user will they know what to do and if they do the right thing then will they know that they did the right thing and the words on the buttons even sometimes are just really important you might think yes. you're being cute with the name of a button but it if it doesn't convey the message. Exactly, exactly. So I'm gonna show you an example just to show you how simple this is. Okay. But I also want to make the point that this doesn't have to be done with um, really small apps like I'm gonna show you today. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do this with Visual Studio, so, you know, which is very okay. large and complex. These are things that we use every day in our jobs. Um, so this is a little trivia app, and basic, the basic idea is that the person gets a question, they have to answer, it's multiple choice, and they have some help throughout if they don't know the answer. Yeah, so they've got a question up there like, you know, what color shirt is John wearing? Exactly. And then it'll say red and blue, brown, green, yellow. And then they have to choose the right answer. So okay. the first thing is, you know, when I would look at this is say, okay, I, I know how to just choose an answer. That one's pretty easy. There's no problem there. Sure. But if I don't know the answer, I know I have these lifelines because I read the description of the app, but I, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to get this help um, out of this UI. And so you can take a look at this and say, okay, well, you know, it, it looks okay, but... We're but even the screen is confusing because the title's lifelines. Exactly. But yet we're being asked a question. And the lifeline should come after you've decided you right. can't answer the question. Right, right. right. So we have a problem um, here with the title. It looks the, like I could get somebody a present. And we have a problem down here. We have no <laughs> idea what these are going to do. And so if I'm in the middle of a game, I might check them out, but I might just say, oh, I don't want to touch those. You know, they might take me out of my gameplay. And if it and takes your user more than five or six seconds to figure out what they're doing, that's probably too yes, long. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so, you know, just asking that one question of, does the user know what they're going to do? Mm -hmm. They don't. Um, and so we already found two usability problems. And so here's what the game um, looks like after it was redesigned. Mm -hmm. And so we got rid of the lifeline, so that's no longer uh, confusing. And we got rid of uh, these buttons and made them in to uh, buttons that actually look like something part of the game. Right, so forgetting that we've changed the, the, the look is better. I mean, that's yeah. for granted. That could have looked the same over here. That's not yes. the point. Yes. The point is more that we got rid of the title that was confusing, right. made it more obvious as a question by making the question larger. Yes. And then instead of using these confusing refresh, help, and give me a present buttons, <laughs> we've got some more realistic uh, buttons at the bottom. Exactly. And so, you know, now when I do this, and if I touch, you know, any of these buttons on the screen, any of these seven, mm -hmm. something happens. And so I know that I did the right thing. I get that feedback and I'm good to go. And so we've already fixed several problems just in one step. Right. Yep. And we've got, it doesn't matter, again, it doesn't matter how the UX looks for it, but we got the phone a friend, 50-50, ask the audience, just reading it in case somebody can't see those in the resolution. Right. Right. Okay, so this is another example um, where we wanted to say that they were wrong. And okay. <laughs> and so it's clear that, you know, I think we're, you know, saying that they're wrong. But what we don't have is, you know, usually when you go through these things, you kind of want to know what the right answer was. That would be nice. And so that was something we were thinking about here. Like, would somebody know what the right answer is, is if, the, if we use this UI and then it moves on to the next question? Um, so, again, this is the, the same thing. And we do say at the top here, we moved this out. Which is actually clearer than triple X. Yes, yes. I mean, it's much smaller that, um, that they're wrong. But the other thing that happens, it doesn't show up in the slides, is one of these gets bigger. And in this one, it's Cedric. Um, it actually gets bigger to show you that that was the right answer. So uh, there would be a visual clue that Cedric was the correct answer. Exactly. And so now you can actually read it, and um, you know what the answer is if you were to ever get this question again. Okay. 
And so the next technique I wanted to talk to you is... Um, is I'm sorry, if we just back up a quick, that was all the cognitive oh. thinking, right? Yes, that's the whole cognitive walkthrough. And that's all about the workflow. Yes, that's okay. all about the workflow. Gotcha. So here's the next one, I'm sorry. Okay. So the next technique is also, um, you do you can do by yourself or, I mean, you can have other people help you with this, but the, the nice part is you can do it by yourself, um, a heuristic evaluation. And the idea is that um, a heuristic is just a rule of thumb. and we have these five that we use all the time for any kind of UI. Mm -hmm. um, you can use these. They're, they're very general. Um, we have consistency, visual design, communication, ease and efficiency, and error prevention. And what this does is you're not actually looking for gaps in your flow at this point. Now you're just looking at a single screen and saying, what are the usability problems? And you can point out some pretty quickly just by you know looking at it, no problem. Sure. But if you have these heuristics in mind, you can say, okay, are things consistent? And you can kind of look across your whole UI. Or think, you know, is it a nice visual design? Are we communicating the right things to the mm -hmm. users? And so you look at each screen independently and ask all of these questions. So you keep those five things in mind, and a lot of times you just have a piece of paper that has the five written down to remind you, and you can go through them. So okay. again, this is helps you helps take you out of your developer's shoes and into your, your user's shoes. Um, right, and a good thing there is I know we have Twitter apps. We love our Twitter apps. Right. And consistency, <laughs> one good thing there is, makes me think of this, is you might have like a reply or a message or uh, the other buttons basically that you can do to respond to a person. Yes. Because you can direct message, you can reply, you can mention, you can retweet, you can quote. Mm -hmm. And if that's hard to get five different icons yes. <laughs> for yes. all those things. <laughs> so you want to make sure you're conveying the right message. Right. Also, if there's if you're doing a Twitter app, for example, that's a great point. If you want the icons to be similar across other apps, too. Yes, so that once users learn one, then they know what it means in your app. Right. And then you don't have to teach them anything. And it could be within your app as well. You yes. know, you want to save buttons, for example, looking different on different pages. Right, and you want them in the same place so that people can always find them. They know where to look. Exactly. Um, yeah, so the example I'm going to show you actually has problems with the first three. Consistency, visual design, and communication. And again, it's the exact same game. Okay. Um, we so, knew this is bad, though, Susan. <laughs> but there are other <laughs> things that are bad about this. Um, and the first thing is we actually tried to be consistent um, with the Metro guidelines. And this is where we use the application bar down here. Okay. And actually, this, this top line up here, we were trying to be consistent with that design thing. So you sure. think, great, you know, I've got consistency down. The problem is that we weren't actually consistent with what is meant to be in the application bar. And so every other app that my user is going to use, the application bar is not going to be used this way. And so they're not going to be looking down here for what I want them to do in my right. app. And so this is really bad that I was consistent here. And so it's kind of an interesting thing. Like I'm breaking consistency, but it's because I'm not consistent with what's behind so that's, it's interesting yeah. that you just say that. Is is it not consistent on the app bar in this particular case because those icons are specific to the screen and not app-wide type icons? No. Or why is it not consistent? It's not consistent with how people use the app bar. Okay. And so uh, generally you're going to have some kind of uh, search or help capability mm -hmm. down there. And you know that's not here. The, you know this is part right. of the game, and in in normal stuff like I mean the refresh button, right? That should just refresh the screen, sure. and that's something that people would look for down there. But that's not part of this game. Okay. And so it's not actually the right um, UI paradigm right, to use the that you want. whatsoever. Yeah. And then um, visual design. 
you know, this is straight from one of the templates um, in Visual Studio. So, um, you know, the visual design is fine, but for this particular app, visual design really it needs to convey what the brand of the game is and you know look more like a game than you know like a just a utility it's um, not kind helping. of app. It's, while it's not bad design it's not helping your user right want to use it right app. and so you know with these heuristics you can go through and it just says okay this doesn't look like a professional app you know it just it looks like something I did in 10 minutes. Whereas this, we go in and, you know, it looks more like a professional app. Sure. You know, we actually have a lot of detail to it, make sure, you know, all of the spacing's right. These are all things that we look for. Um, and then the other thing um, was communication was another heuristic. Mm -hmm. And you can see um, up here, uh, is where we solve the problem of communication. In a game, you want to know how you're doing. Sure. And we didn't communicate that at all in you the first design. You shouldn't have to design. press a button or anything. You should just know. Exactly. Exactly. So you know where you are in the game um, and when you know, you're about to die, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> and um, so that was something that we added in and said, oh my gosh, we, you know, we totally forgot to communicate you know, basically your progress. And so this is what does that. Okay. And so that's it for the heuristic evaluations. Um, you would want to use this a lot with the fit and finish, you know, to get everything, you know, just kind of looking really, really good, right. you know, looking for those problems across the app, but at an individual level. Your workflow, the first part, the cognitive thing, that can be done even at like sketch flow time or wireframe yes. time. So yes. you can do your mock-ups with that even. Yes, Okay. absolutely. And so this last one is actually, um, we want to actually get a few users, you mm -hmm. know, that um, to take a look at our app and tell us, you know, what's wrong with it. Because we know what to do, so we're going to go through it and do it perfectly. That's, you know, expected. But somebody else, like if I give you this game, you've never played it before, and who knows what you're going to think about it and what you're going to do, how you're going to break it and crash my code. Um, so a couple things that in psychology we've done lots and lots of experiments um, and we've basically learned that you can test with six users and get over 80% of the problems. And after that point, it just completely trails off. You're just going to hear the same thing over and over mm -hmm. and over again. So you don't have to put this in front of that many people to actually get really good data. Does it matter what types of users? I mean, are there are particular profiles you should look for? So if your game is very specific, or app, I should say, I'm mm -hmm. using a game as an example, right. but it, it, this is for applications too. Um, like I work in the developer division. If I'm doing something with code, you know, I want somebody who understands code. I do want a developer to come in. Um, if I'm working on Word and I want to test, you know, can people save their application? You know, I can give that to my mom. I can give that to, you know, my brother. So if you're writing an app anybody. for Windows Phone, you shouldn't give it to your six best uh, Windows Phone developer friends, necessarily. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily. But, you know, you, human behavior is the same kind of across the board. Mm -hmm. And so those are some of the things, like, if the content doesn't matter, if you're testing content, it matters. But if the content doesn't matter, then you can use anybody. So you could okay. use your six developer friends, like on this game, I could use my six developer friends to sure. say, how do you play this game? And they come in and they um, hit the lifeline that you know gives them some information. And what you want to have them do is think out loud. So this is the part that's really interesting. You just want to say everything that's going through your head, just think out loud. And they don't have to think they're not trying to evaluate, they're just thinking. So, so are you saying to sit with them while they do this? Too? Yes, okay. yes, absolutely. And you know, so they say, okay, well, I, you know, I see that A is probably the right answer. Well, crap, you know, now what do I do? How do I, how do we get back to the answers to actually mm -hmm. punch that in? So you know, that's a navigation problem that we may or may not have found earlier. And so um, 
And the other thing that actually came up because we did some user testing with this was um, when we did go back, um, we y you hit the back button in this case, but um, so you get back to the question and you're like, uh oh, which one was it? You know, it's just it's exactly the same question, and you're like, oh, I you forgot if it was A or B or right, yeah. right, and now you have to remember. So um, we redesigned this based on that feedback of. One, you don't navigate away, um, and so you, there's no problem coming back, because there is no coming back. And this shows which one very clearly is the right answer. And so... Um, so if you clicked on choose the lifeline, then basically this would animate up to whatever the level exactly, was for the vote. Exactly. Okay. So you get this vote and you say, oh, green and silver is the right answer, and I, or at least that's what the audience thinks it is, um, and you, you press that and... So you solve the problem by just getting rid of the navigation in this particular case? conveying the same message. Right, exactly. I mean, it's it's getting the same, yeah, exactly, the same message across, but now they don't have to remember and they don't have to figure out how to navigate. So okay. we solve two problems in one step. Um, you can't always solve them in one step, but at least I knew that it was a problem that people were like, huh, you know, and mm -hmm. I knew, I was just like, hit the back button, how easy is that? Sure. Um, and so one thing to think about when you are sitting with somebody is that especially if it's your application, mm -hmm. you really want to help them. You, I mean, you really want to. You want you to be, be like, <laughs> oh, please, just hit the back button. Um, but you don't. You know, you just want to sit back, you know, take a big breath or whatever you need to do just to keep keep yourself quiet. Mm -hmm. And and if they ask you, what should I do? You, you turn it around on them and say, well, what would you do if I wasn't here? Mm -hmm. And you just keep saying that. What would you do if I wasn't here? And they keep going through and then you find out how they're thinking about it and then you can make your app match that. And then when you go through this, it's a much better experience. Okay. And so your end users are going to be much happier and again, give you better ratings and download all your apps. Oh, those are good tips. I, I know recently I did this uh, internally. We had an internal product team who had some new features and knew I had been a harsh critic. <laughs> so they asked me to sit down for a half hour with their new feature and it went through several scenarios like this. And the whole way through, I was asking questions along the way of, I'm not sure what to do here, what do I do? And now I know why he was telling me, <laughs> I'm not sure, what would you do if I wasn't here? Exactly. So, but that it is, I can definitely see the value in that and having the person sitting there. Because right. it's better than like what I've done in the past with Windows Phone apps, I send it and watch my friends, the zap files and ask them for feedback. But if you don't hear their thinking process, that's a good point. Right, I mean they could, they could send it back and say, oh yeah, it was great. And you're like, well, that wasn't very helpful. Right. And you know, sure, they got through the game, and you know, they were able to play it. But you can make the game so much better, or the app so much better, just by knowing what's going through people's heads um, as they're thinking. Right. Because as I'm looking at this, it. going through this first one, I would have the same problem. Is what do I hit? Do I hit the back button? And the reason I would ask that is I'm not sure what these buttons are doing in this case. Right. right. So maybe one of them is meant to. And then once I get back, there's no A, B, or C, or D over here. Exactly. So which yeah. one is? Yeah, you can you can guess. But right. you're right. This way it takes all the guesswork out of it. Right. And the other thing, if you sent me that feedback, you might be like, you know, I'm not sure about that, you know, that audience graph kind of thing. But you may not be able to tell me really what the problem was. Mm -hmm. But if I heard you think through it, you know, just you not even trying to figure it out. I mean, you're trying to figure it out, but you're not trying to give me feedback. Yep. Then I can say, oh, oh, I see what he's trying to do. And I know what I can do to solve that problem. Okay. Cool. Hey, well, thanks for coming on with these tips. And Absolutely. I know we're going to ask you and Karina and the team to come back on again. I think we're doing several this summer. Yes. Right, that's the tentative <laughs> plan. We'll continue the series. We started back in February that I know some of you watched with Karina before. Yeah. Uh, we've got some good tips. I think Karina's going to come on and do some more uh, uh, splash screen icon mm -hmm. design and some other things next week. Yes. So it should be a good, uh, good series we do. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you very much. And thank you all for watching Silver Lake TV.